Thursday, November 1st, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. If you are tired of the same old sports talk, that same old formula that we've heard for years on the radio, arguments, callers calling in, yelling into their phones, yeah, hang out here for a while. You're going to like it just a little bit better. It's not exactly the way we do things. We prefer to look at sports with a little bit of logic. We prefer to look at sports with a dose of common sense. Actually, we kind of prefer to laugh at sports more than anything else because a lot of it's actually pretty funny. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Thursday to you. Hope your week is going well. That weekend, you can already start to see it. And I've told you, we've got a very good sports weekend coming. It's getting closer every single day. Hey, last night was Halloween. I hope, I don't know, I guess you got lots of candy or your kids got lots of candy or your siblings got lots of candy and maybe you got some of it in the process or maybe you stayed home to hand out candy. Hey, maybe no kids came to your house and you sat around eating that big bowl of candy all by yourself. Sure, you're probably regretting it a little bit now, but be honest. You had fun last night slamming all that chocolate and Skittles and all that nonsense, didn't you? It's okay. You'll feel better eventually. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know how your Halloween went. We would love to hear from you. You can email us, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or feel free to reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. You know, we do post a link to the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook every single day. But if you want to reach out to us, you've got a question, you've got a comment, you've got a suggestion, That is a pretty quick way to get an answer. Just reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And we've got a lot to get to today. Not a ton of breaking news coming out right now, but I do want to talk just a little about Halloween last night. And as we do on most Thursdays, we do have a few sports media overreactions of the week because it seems like every single week we are being told things by the sports media world on Thursdays. We like to look a little bit closer at those things they're telling us, see if they make any sense whatsoever, or if it's just nonsense to try to generate some clicks. Spoiler alert, a lot of times it's just nonsense. Let's go ahead and jump into some breaking news because a really strange story taking place back in College Park, Maryland, the University of Maryland has now fired head football coach DJ Durkin just one day after he was reinstated by the university. That is what the school announced last night. Durkin, who has been on paid administrative leave since August 11th, had been reinstated on Tuesday following two separate investigations into his football program and five meetings and calls between the 17-member board of regents after that June 13th death of 19-year-old offensive lineman Jordan McNair from a heat stroke he suffered at a May 29th workout. Now, there are a number of things that are kind of odd about this story. First off, originally, Maryland said they were not going to fire Durkin. Hey, it looks bad if they do. It makes them look culpable to any further investigations. And you know, McNair's family is coming with a lawsuit. So it looks bad if they fire him. Plus, they still owe Durkin eight. $0.5 million on his deal. And don't forget, Maryland is still paying Randy Edsel from when they fired him back in 2015. So now, you've fired two head coaches 
and you have to go hire another head coach. That's three head coaches going to be on your payroll. Hey, it's not the first time we have seen the University of Maryland struggle with a weird situation like this. Remember, they tried to keep Lefty Drizel after that whole Len Bias thing. We remember that didn't go so well. You know, in this situation, I don't see how Maryland had any choice except to fire Durkin. He can't recruit anymore. What can he possibly tell parents when he goes into their home to recruit their son? Hey, uh, I'll try not to kill your kid on my watch. That is not going to work. And he's only 10 and 15 as a head coach. So it's not like he's that great to begin with. No, firing him isn't going to bring McNair back, but it's probably what's best for everyone. Just an ugly, horrible situation up at Maryland. We saw the students getting involved, asking for Durkin to be removed. We saw the players get involved, asking for Durkin to be removed. The Maryland administration finally had no other choice but to fire DJ Durkin. I don't think they wanted to. I think there were a number of reasons against it, but I don't think they had a choice. I think they had to. Moving over to the NFL, it seems like Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia, he's a little bit frustrated by the fact that he just lost his best wide receiver when Golden Tate was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles on Tuesday. Yesterday, head coach Matt Patricia got into a heated exchange with a reporter from the Detroit Free Press. And here is how that went. The reporter asked, Why do you think this move, referring to the Golden Tate trade, makes your franchise better? Here's Patricia's answer. Well, you know, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up. Just like, have a little respect for the process. Every day you come and ask me questions, and you're just kind of like, you know, give me this. Reporter. I'm sitting. Matt Patricia. I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process. Reporter. Okay, that's fine. Patricia. So ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. Reporter. Okay. Why do you feel like this move makes your franchise better? I don't know where Patricia is going with this. He's not sitting correctly. He's mad about his posture. Hey, I get it. Matt Patricia is frustrated. He just lost one of his best players, and now it's kind of looking like Detroit is a little bit in a rebuild mode, right? So he's not thrilled about it. I just don't know why he chooses to pick on a reporter for, what, poor posture? And telling him he's not being respectful when it's pretty obvious that Matt Patricia is not respectful to his very own belt every single day. No, some about that's a little bit weird to me, isn't it? Hey, say what you will about the Bill Belichick coaching tree. And if you want to, you can say they're not very good. I think we know that. But you can't say that Bill Belichick didn't teach all the coaches in his tree how to be huge jerks to everyone around them, especially to the media. They got that part down pat. Think of the coaches in Bill Belichick's coaching tree. Let's see, you've got Josh McDaniels, Eric Mangini, even Nick Saban, Jim Schwartz, Bill O'Brien, Charlie Weiss, Matt Patricia. Now, Saban at least has one. O'Brien is starting to win a little. But across the board, all of them are jerks. Does Bill Belichick teach that in his coaching clinics? Uh, here's how we're going to uh, talk to the media. Just give them as little as possible and try to talk down to them whenever you can. 
I don't understand why these guys have to be jerks to the media. This reporter is just trying to get an answer. Explain how this makes your franchise better. You could have said, it doesn't. End of questions. That would have been more simple than this. I don't know what it is, but Bill Belichick coaches just tend to be jerks. Hey, coming back, you know, last night for Halloween, I actually stayed in. I handed out some candy to the kids in my neighborhood. And I'm telling you this right now. I've got some very, very creative kids that came and visited me. So over the last few years, I've been staying home on Halloween night. I've been handing out candy to trick-or-treaters on Halloween. And I don't know what it is, but man, I'm telling you, I have got some smart kids in my neighborhood. And you know what's even more cool about it? I've got some sports fan kids in my neighborhood that live around me. Some creative kids that when they put together their costumes, like they get it. They're pretty creative. They've got some good ideas out there. I'm going to tell you right now, a few of the Halloween costumes that I saw last night, you tell me. I'm telling you, I've got some pretty creative kids living right around me. One of the first kids that came trick-or-treating at my house was this little nerdy kind of kid, had like a pocket protector, had the glasses on with the tape, you know, taping them together, tapping away at his computer, looking at some reports. And I'm looking at him like, what is he, just like a little nerd or what? I I don't know what he's supposed to be. I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, hey, little dude, uh, are you supposed to be... I don't know, like an IT manager? What is it that you're dressed up as today? He goes, no, I'm Los Angeles Dodgers manager Dave Roberts looking at my analytics for which pitcher to put in next. (laughs) Hey, okay, my man, I see you working. That's not bad. Like, say whatever you want about the Boston Red Sox and Los Angeles Dodgers. Some of the moves that Dave Roberts was making with his lineup, with his pitchers, bringing guys in from the bullpen, Like, they were a little bit weird, weren't they? Bring a guy in for one batter. Okay, you're back out because analytics says you can't pitch you against that next guy. You know what analytics doesn't account for? Analytics doesn't account for pressure. Analytics doesn't account for toughness. That's why I have a problem with analytics. I actually thought this kid had a pretty good costume last night. Hey, little nerd going to work on his computer. He gets what Dave Roberts was doing. The next kid that comes to my door had me a little confused because I'm looking at the costume. I'm like, I I don't get it. I don't know what you are. She's wearing a football uniform. Okay. She has a green mask on, but I can't quite make out what it is that the mask is. And she has a guitar with her. And I'm like, football uniform, green mask, guitar. What is this? Like, I have no idea what this is. She says trick or treat, drop some candy in her bag. But then like, I have to ask, I can't just let her go. I can't just be like, Okay, have a good night. I'm like, you got to tell me. What exactly is your costume? I don't understand what it is you're dressed as. Who are you supposed to be? And then she sits down on my front porch and she busts out this song for me. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? And that's when I realize she's dressed up as Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Have you heard the guy talk? She nailed it. I didn't get it when I first saw it, but once she kind of laid it out for me, I was like, yes, she's Patrick Mahomes. That totally makes sense. Took a second. 
I won't lie. Took me a second, but well done. Nice job. Next kid up. Ugh, I'll be honest. I didn't like this kid. Skinny little kid, maybe like nine or 10 years old. Got some crazy hair sticking up. Got a little fake beard strapped onto his face. Just wearing a pair of trunks. And it was cold in Denver last night. Got a little bit of snow last night. It was cool. This kid's a little bit out there, right? I opened the door to hand him some candy. And instead of saying trick or treat, this little punk bum rushes me, cusses me out, and just starts punching me. Like, just starts hooking. He's crazy. And for a little guy, like, he hits pretty hard. He's like a crazy person. I grab him. I wrestle him to the ground. I, like, get him in a headlock. I take him, drag him out in the front yard, throw him in the rose bushes. Now he's all cut up. He's all beat up. Comes staggering back. I go to close the door. He comes staggering back, runs at me again, cussing and swinging again. Once again, I have to take this little guy down. And this time, like I did a little bit harder. I know I might get into some trouble. I took him down pretty hard. I put some weight on him because he's a mouthy little punk. What's he doing? Just attacking me like a crazy person and just swinging and punching, acting a fool. Again, I scoop him up. I throw him in the rose bushes again. I mean, it's not a fair fight. He's a little guy, but I'll give him this. He keeps coming back again and again. And then I hear him yelling. You have no chance in this fight. I don't fear you. I don't fear your rules. I want a rematch. And I realize this little kid is dressed as Conor McGregor. I should have recognized the Irish flag. It threw me off. I didn't know what he was doing. He was just a crazy person. And every time I beat him up, even though he got beat up, came back for more, told me how I didn't win the fight. He just wanted another rematch. I don't know. Kids seem to have nailed it. I don't know if I'm comfortable with kids today watching Conor McGregor. It's a little bit disturbing to me. Next kid comes to my door. Looks like he's dressed as an old man kind of ventriloquist. He's got this little howdy-doody dummy sitting on his lap. And I'll just say this, just kind of off the subject. Those little puppets... The little, I don't know, marionettes or whatever they are that you do the whole ventriloquist act with. These things are creepy. I don't like the look of them. They're just weird to me. I ask him if he knows how to do the ventriloquist thing. And he like busts into his act right there at my front door. He says things like, this here is my puppet, Jason. Jason is an Ivy League guy. He's very smart. He coaches my football team. And then the dummy starts talking and he starts saying, I'm a football coach and I'm smarter than you are. In fact, I'm smarter than almost everyone. It's not a bad act. Like he does it pretty good, but I can totally see his lips moving. I can tell the puppet's not talking. I can tell you've got your hand up his back and you're doing the talking for him. I can totally see that. But for a kid, I mean, it was not bad. And it was pretty smart of this kid to come dressed up as Dallas Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, with head coach Jason Garrett sitting on his lap. I mean, that is pretty creative. You don't see that every day. That's a pretty creative costume for Halloween this year. Let's see, who else came to my door last night? Oh yeah, I did have a kid come to the door in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform. But he had this huge trash bag of garbage on his back. And I asked him, okay, so you're dressed up as like a basketball player, but what's with the big bag of garbage on your back? He said, oh, I'm LeBron James. Those are my teammates. <laughs> okay, not bad. Again, not bad. That's pretty solid. Finally, one of the last trick-or-treaters I had all night is a kid wearing a suit and tie this time. But again, he has a huge bag of garbage on his back. And I'm trying to figure out, did he just copy the LeBron James kid? 
what is this? What's with the suit and tie? As he walks up, I drop the candy in his bag. He says, I know, I know. You're wondering what I'm dressed as, right? And I go, well, are you LeBron James? He's like, no, no, no. Watch. He dumps the load of garbage in my yard, picks up a big bag of money that he left in my yard, and goes skipping down the street. And it is then that I realize that he is former Cleveland Cavaliers head coach Tyron Lue, and he couldn't be any happier to be rid of that burden. Hey, I should have got that one to begin with. Again, I'm telling you, I have some pretty creative kids in my neighborhood. It seems like every year they come up with ways to surprise me. Kids in this neighborhood, they nail it every single year for Halloween. Okay, we've got to get to our Thursday overreactions of the week. You know, sometimes I just wish the sports media world wasn't just putting nonsense out there just to try to get clicks, sell those online stupid annoying pop-up ads when we click on a story, especially when it's a story that I know, I don't even think they believe it. Like they just put it out there. They're just going to say it. How sensationalized can I make this story and can I make the headline enough that you'll click on it and go, well, I don't know if I believe that or not and click on it. So instead of you having to go through all these articles, we try to run a few of them down for you each week and just kind of go over them and say, okay, does this make any sense? And usually, no, they don't. I don't know what we're yelling about. But right now, let's take a look at some of the biggest sports media overreactions of the week. And right now, NBA overreactions are insane because it's early in the season. And we're seeing a lot of things that we didn't really expect going into the year. Milwaukee and Toronto right now look like the best teams in the East. The Houston Rockets are looking horrible right now. The Oklahoma City Thunder is looking horrible right now. The Washington Wizards have barely even gotten a win all year. And the New Orleans Pelicans and the Denver Nuggets right now look like the top seeds in the Western Conference. What in the world is going on? Should we be buying into all this? I mean, maybe. But can you imagine if we overreacted this hard in baseball season? I mean, the season is just so long. There are so many games to play. We're just a couple weeks in. Remember, last year, we saw the Orlando Magic jump out quickly. That didn't last. These things just happen. The key is finding the teams that actually can keep up the pace they started at and looking at which teams are going to get better. Now, are the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder coming out strong? Obviously not. The Rockets look like the Carmelo Anthony thing is an unmitigated disaster. He doesn't play any defense. And as a result... When he's on the floor, the Rockets don't play any defense. Oklahoma City needs Russell Westbrook back to 100% as quickly as possible because without him in the lineup, they look below average. But let's wait and see and let's let Houston kind of adjust. Let's let Oklahoma City get Russ back fully healthy and then let's kind of see where they're at. Let's see if they make any other personnel moves. We know Houston has an offer out there to Minnesota to bring in Jimmy Butler. That could change the look of them significantly. I like the Milwaukee Bucks, but when I look at who they've played so far, they haven't played anyone, so who cares if you're undefeated? You've got a fast start. You've got a decent team. We know you have one of the greatest players in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo, but can we wait and see a little bit more from Milwaukee before we go anointing them the best team in the East? And Toronto, New Orleans, and Denver all look solid right now, but we know they're going to hit some rough patches at some point this season. Let's see what happens when those rough patches come. You know what? Let's just do this. Let's give it until maybe after the holidays 
And then let's kind of take an evaluation and see where things are at. And can we stop overreacting every single time the Los Angeles Lakers play? They lose. Everyone's like, the Lakers are horrible. This whole thing was a mistake. Again, I've told you, this is not a one-year plan. I think that's a two or three-year plan for the Los Angeles Lakers. You have to have some patience there. And when they win, I don't want to hear about, hey, they still might be a top two or three seed in the West. Slow down on all of this. Just a little levity when you watch the NBA right now. Okay, coming back, we're going to continue our Thursday sports media overreactions of the week. Should the NBA make a few rule changes? Have the Cleveland Browns already targeted their new head coach? We've got a few more sports media overreactions to get to today on The Dose. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, and I hate to bring this up, I really do, but Christmas is coming quickly. I know you don't want to think about that, but it is coming quickly. You might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. November's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Laboratory. Some truths can only be found under a microscope. Countless experiments in the Loot Crate Laboratory have yielded a collection of cutting edge gear that exists beyond mortality. Are you ready for the next step? Hey, November's Loot Crate theme features items from Bioshock, Westworld, and Better Call Saul. But if none of those franchises interest you, remember, you can go to Loot Crate. You can choose from a huge selection of crates. You can pick a monthly subscription of crates that you can order or skip every single month if you like what they're offering. Or you can just go over to Loot Crate and pick individual items to order. And trust me, they have just about any franchise you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate... When you check out, just be sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose each and every day. Okay, so let's continue with our sports media overreactions of the week and one of the ones we're hearing a lot in sports media right now. Did you see what Golden State Warriors guard Clay Thompson did earlier this week and what Golden State seems to do every single night? The NBA needs to move the three-point line back. Players are hitting threes like they're layups. You've got to back that lineup. It's too easy of a shot right now. Okay, but there are a few flaws in that thinking of backing up the three-point line. One, there's only so much room on the court. If you back up the three-point line, do you completely eliminate the corner three? Do you just wipe that out? You can't shoot from the corner anymore? Or do you just back it straight up and then guys are just going to be running for the corners? Because the corner is already right now the shortest shot in the game. Do you eliminate the corner three? Or do you plan on completely reinventing the NBA court size? Are you going to widen the court so you can push the three-point line back? There's a lot more to it than just backing up the three-point line. You know, this kind of feels like back in the 80s. They were talking back in the 80s. Maybe they should raise the height of the basket to 12 feet. Because at the time we had so many seven-footers. We had the Twin Towers down in Houston. You had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You had Mark Eaton. You had Tree Rollins and all these seven-footers that the league had never seen before. So there was talk, maybe they should raise the basket to 12 feet because these seven-footers are taking over the game. Let me ask you a question. If you raise the basket to 12 feet, who does that help? Does it help the little guy? Or does it actually help the big guy? Because I think the big guy now has a little bit more of an advantage shooting at a higher hoop because he's already up there anyways. If you move the three-point line back further, does it help the shooter or does it help the non-shooter? It just helps the shooter. Hey, shooters can shoot. 
How many times do you see Steph and Clay shoot the three-pointer from five feet off the line? You think they mind if you push it back a few feet? They don't care one bit. But the lesser shooters, the shooters that aren't as good, now they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to take that shot. That could be a problem. Because if those lesser shooters aren't shooting it as much, the spacing in the half court really drops down. That is why the game is so free-flowing right now. Because of the three-point shot. Because you have a number of guys taking that three-point shot. You've got good space. You've got good flow. The game is highly entertaining to watch right now. I don't think you want to get rid of that. Plus, if you back the three-point shot up anymore, I mean, you're getting out to the half-court line. Now it's turned into a gimmick. I don't want to see guys chucking it from half-court. That is not entertaining to me. Hey, learn to defend the three. Learn to shoot the three. The Golden State Warriors do both. If you want to keep up with them, learn to do both. We don't need to make any more rule changes, though. Another hot take coming out this week is that Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley is the best candidate to take over for the Cleveland Browns. They fire Hugh Jackson, and don't forget, Lincoln Riley coached Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. He could bring that high-powered offense to the land of Cleve. Well, maybe. I guess that's a possibility. But we're still not even positive he's the best guy at Oklahoma. He's only been on the job a little over a year. The problem for the Cleveland Browns going and getting someone like Lincoln Riley is they can't afford to keep missing on head coaches. They need to get as close to a sure thing as they possibly can. They need some stability in that franchise. The Browns can't be taking swings on guys without NFL experience. I like Lincoln Riley. I think he's a good young coach, but he's never coached in the NFL. We have no idea if he can be that kind of a coach. Why don't you do this, Cleveland? Why don't you wait until the Packers fire Mike McCarthy if they miss the playoffs? Because I think we can all see Aaron Rodgers hates his guts these days. Or like, what if a John Harbaugh gets fired in Baltimore or something? Then you have two guys that are proven NFL guys. You could bring them into Cleveland and maybe stabilize your franchise a little bit. And also maybe work with Baker Mayfield. Right now, Mayfield has to be looking around at Cleveland going, what in the world did I get myself into? And he's saying all the right things. Give that kid some help. Go get a legitimate NFL coach. That would be what's best for Cleveland. Not a college guy that has barely been on the job. Speaking of college football, the first college football playoff committee rankings are out and Central Florida came in at number 12. That's two spots down from their AP poll ranking. Hey, they may go undefeated for two years in a row and they're going to get screwed again. And we are hearing the sports media world tell us, hey, UCF's getting screwed again. They deserve better than this. They should be in the college football playoff. I mean, I guess. I get why you're upset. But their strength of schedule this season is 89th in the country. That's down there with like Western Michigan and Middle Tennessee. Last year it was 54th. And that was after they played Auburn in the bowl game. Otherwise, it was down around 70. I'm not saying that Central Florida can't play. I'm saying I don't know if they can play. So let's say we go ahead and just move them up the ladder and we put them into the college football playoff. And what if they even won a game? Everyone would be saying, see, they belonged here. But the fact is they haven't played anyone all year. So they win one tough game. Other teams have been tested. Other teams have been playing ranked teams. And I understand it's not Central Florida's fault. I just don't know how you can do anything about it right now. Not with only four teams getting in. It's tough to sell that when schedules are so significantly different. But yes, 
Central Florida is getting left out again. There's no way around that. There will be 10, 15 other teams they will put in before they'll put Central Florida in. Make no mistake about that. Do they deserve a system that maybe gives them a shot? Sure, but they're not going to get that this year. So yes, Central Florida is getting screwed again. I don't see any way to fix it until you expand the playoff though. Finally, the last hot take we are getting, we are hearing it all around the country, is that this year's Boston Red Sox are the greatest Major League Baseball team we have seen in the past 20 years. Maybe. It's very possible. This team was loaded, like we talked about during the World Series. This team seemed to have an answer for every single thing that happened. But doesn't it seem like right after a big championship game, right after a big win, that we're always quick to do that? Oh man, did you see that win last night? That might be the greatest team ever. Slow down. We get all emotional. It's like a little kid at a birthday party, all full of cake and ice cream, running around, all excited, and then we pass out, and then we wake up a few months later and go, well, maybe they weren't quite that good. I mean, they're good, but I don't know if they were that good. I mean, hey, the 1998 New York Yankees, that's 20 years ago, that squad started that three-year championship run for New York. They had Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Paul O'Neill, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit. They had so much. You're telling me this group's better than them? I'm not completely sold. Like, I'm not saying they can't hang with them, but I'm not completely sold. Because the Yankees also had Joe Torre. They went 114-48 and in the regular season that year. You're telling me they're better than them. The 2016 Chicago Cubs were pretty loaded. The 2004 Boston Red Sox that broke the curse, that was a gutty, resourceful team. And the 2009 Yankees were also loaded. Is this Red Sox team from 2018 in the conversation? Yeah, sure. In the last 20 years, I'd put them in there. But let's wait a few years until the emotion runs off because we know people just get way too excited and the sports media world starts telling us some silly things like this might be the greatest team we've ever seen in the history of mankind slow down it might not be quite that simple hey tomorrow is friday and of course we'll be looking at the latest sports news and stories and we will have our preview for the weekend in sports you know you don't want to miss that plus as we do most every Friday, we will have our weekly Daily Dose Top 5. You know you have to tune in for that. I have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. Thank you for the feedback, for the questions, and the suggestions. Thank you so much for sharing the show. It is very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.